This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Fitz, and if you don't know who I am, here's a quick bio. I'm a veteran sports journalist who writes, does TV, radio, and is a longtime podcaster. Also, I have stage four prostate cancer, so during the initial stages of the COVID-19 outbreak, my doctors advised me to stay at home. But now, a little more than a year later, I'm fully vaccinated and I've rejoined society. But I'm still continuing this podcast when I'm calling the many friends, athletes, coaches, and colleagues who I've met throughout my 30 years in this industry. Plus, this year, I'm going to be calling some people and making new friends. Oh, and I'm hitting the record button. Welcome to my life and the Life of Fitz podcast. Well, it's time for another edition of The Life of Fitz, and this one, my 40th episode overall of this podcast, is really important. It means a lot to me. When I started this podcast, it was about me calling up my friends during the pandemic and just having meaningful conversations, and we're going to branch out to other people, but this guy was on my list to call because he is one of my all-time favorite Kansas State football players. Maybe because when I left the newspaper business in 1995 to start a magazine for the Wichita Eagle called Purple Pride, This guy was the quarterback. And what happened in that season kind of launched me into this as a career. Because if that season had flopped, the magazine had flopped, nothing in the future would have probably fallen into place like it has. Matt Miller, what a great warrior of a football player. I mean, he just gave everything he had, and that 95 season was so important in the history of Kansas State football as he kind of helped bridge the gap between Chad May and getting to Michael Bishop. We'll get into all the coaching and all of that in this conversation. But as you know, I have stage four prostate cancer, and so does Matt. And this is his first public conversation about his cancer, about his serious health battle he is facing. Matt's been living in Pittsburgh, Kansas, but he's getting ready to move to Kansas City. And as we get ready to call him, he's visiting his parents in Tulsa. So as this podcast sets things up, let's call former Kansas State quarterback, former Kansas State baseball player, and former Kansas State coach, my fellow cancer warrior, Matt Miller in Tulsa, Oklahoma. What's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing, Fitzy? I'm good, man. I'm good. Good, good. <clears throat> Wife left town for the day, so. Oh, there you go. I'm bashing it with you. Oh, not bad. There you go, buddy. That's exciting. <sighs> well, we got a lot to cover. A lot of okay, things to talk sweet. about. Let's just start with the big stuff. Um, okay. I, I have come to know that you are have joined the prostate cancer club congratulations (laughs) hey i really appreciate that fitzy it's a 
Great, great to join you on the club, I guess. <laughs> I, uh, we we want to have annual meetings, but nobody will have uh, have us because we pee everywhere. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, got a point. Got a point. Um, <laughs> well, and you've got it uh, not so good, brother. Just catch us up on where you're at. Yeah, well, I, uh, you know, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, everything you've done. You've been a great support for me through this. And, uh, you know, uh, beginning of, um, you know, the, the kind of beginning of the summer, um, or, or actually, uh, I was I started not to feel well. And I was going through a lot of things last summer. And towards the end of it, I started to have some real problems. And I had to get life flighted uh, from uh, southeast Kansas to KU Med. And in that process, I had over 40 blood transfusions, and uh, they did my PSA, which I had never heard of. Uh, <laughs> and they did my PSA, and my PSA was 158. Uh, and a normal PSA for uh, individuals is 0 to 4.0. So I was in kind of really rough shape and had great doctors there um, take care of me, you know, get my, get my systems somewhat back to normal. And, you know, we figured out that, um, you know, I have uh, stage four, uh, metastatic prostate cancer. So it's, uh, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more, you know, difficult, uh, to get through, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best. Yeah. You, uh, first of all, Matt, how old are you? 47? 49. 49. Turned, yeah. I turned 49, uh, a few weeks back, May 1st. Uh, I guess my first question then would that would be, how the hell did you get 49? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't That's know what the really hell happened when, when the yeah, young coaches I, I wrote, I've covered. I wrote down my, my age the other day, and I was like, holy cow, how is this even possible? But, <laughs> <laughs> but you did beat the uh, the odds, so to speak. And, I mean, doctors don't even say test your PSA until you're 50. And that's why I'm telling guys 45. Uh, because, exactly. I'm I'm right I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm I, right there with you. Because this had to be going on for a little bit. I know the younger you are, the more aggressive prostate cancer can be. But uh, you had some signs in hindsight, just like I did, that you didn't recognize or excuse for other things, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Started to have, uh, I started to have some just weird, uh, weird problems with bleeding. Uh, I had some problems, uh, you know, with uh, kind of pain in my legs, uh, and then just, you know, I had some uh, blood in my urine. You know, you know, uh, things like that started to happen. I didn't know quite what was going on, so that's kind of what got me to the emergency room in the hospital to get checked out and and you're so right i think 45 and maybe even earlier because yeah. the one thing about prostate cancer as you said if you get it at my age it's not fun it's extremely um you know it's uh, extremely aggressive and can cause you a lot of problems very quickly well let's parse this out i i'm also stage four but i'm not metastatic which is a huge difference um unfortunately yeah. it's in your bones correct Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's uh, that's uh, it has metastasized, and that's one of the first places uh, that it can go from the process. So it is outside my my prostate, which makes it a, you know a more difficult fight, obviously. Right. But uh, you know, I'm uh, you know I'm I'm a fighter, and uh, you know nobody's gonna nobody's gonna you know tell me that uh, you know I don't have uh, don't have a chance at anything in this life, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to fight. You know, those 16 goals from Coach Snyder. They always they always help out, and you know three of them that that I love is you know be tough, never give up, and expect to win. You know I follow every day, 
and uh, I'm just going to keep keep fighting. And I got a lot of great people behind me to help me. Those darn lessons they they apply to so many things. They absolutely, they really do. They really do. And um, you're considering the state and the diagnosis. You're doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, I've I've been lucky. As I said, I have great people behind me. Um, my parents are, you know, are still around in their mid 80s, and you know, they're. I'm I'm actually visiting them right now. I'm down in Tulsa visiting them, and and they're doing great. And I'm just been blessed with uh, you know three amazing daughters. Mia's 17, Maggie's 15, and then I have a little one, Danny Ray. She just turned five, and uh, you know they're beautiful, and they keep me going every day. And then my brothers and sisters, uh, Marty, my Mike and Debbie. Uh, my brother Marty has been going on his 20th year as a scout for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And for about 15, the last 15 years, he's been battling Parkinson's disease. So if there's someone that I can look to as a, as a role model, as a, as a hero to, to get through some rough parts in life, uh, it's definitely my brother Marty. Uh, and then there's been a, a wonderful, you know, group of, of K-State, uh, you know, K-State people, the football family, obviously, Coach Snyder, uh, Kevin Lockett, you know, guys like that have definitely reached down on a, so many guys have on a on a daily basis mike eckler uh, and then my baseball family uh you know i played baseball k-state chris bouchard dave Hendricks, adam green have been tremendous and then there's been a k-state family the baskles out of wichita uh patty and leo have done a lot for me and leo actually was uh was a baseball pitcher back in the day uh, a left-hander from Hayes. They called him Leo the Lefty, and he mm -hmm. pitched at K-State. So they've everybody's been definitely, uh, you know, really helpful for me, and I've been blessed to have a great support system. That's it, man. It, when you get the diagnosis, I always tell people, you're the general manager of your cancer. You got to pick your coach, which is your doctors, and, mm -hmm. and uh, you got to pick who's on your team, man. And anyone who's not good for the team, you get rid of them. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's this is one of those moments. Exactly right. You gotta you gotta have people that are they're all rowing in the same direction and are positive and are gonna help you, uh, you know, keep moving forward in a positive manner. Well, I'm praying for you, buddy. I I know you've well, got it tough, and you know my phone's always open. Um, absolutely, and I appreciate you. You know, I, the people here might not know all the work you do behind the scenes, and you've been tremendous with me on you know you know several phone calls, and and I know you're always there for me. And you know, for people going through this, you know, uh, you bringing a lot of attention to the problem. We definitely really appreciate that, and I appreciate you. all the support you've been giving me. I'm always good for a PP joke. That's, <laughs> that that was there true before prostate cancer, by the way. It's just kind of fallen into my lap. This <laughs> it kind of worked out well for you, right? Well, let's talk about football. Let's lighten this up a little bit, and I appreciate yeah. you opening up. But I know you've been kind of uh, um, a little less open than me, which everyone is. Yeah, yeah. I've kind of, you know, I've kind of, you know, kept it. And you know, Al Jones obviously has yeah. been, you know, a lot big case stater back, and he's been great for me too. And you know, people like that, you know, I've I've kind of gone about this as a you know, kind of a, a, you know, a little bit quieter in my fight, but, you know, I definitely decided, you know, people need to, people need to understand this issue and definitely guys, if I can get people at, you know, 45 with yourself to get out there and get tested and, and it saves them a lot of the issues that you and I have had to go through, you know, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. I, I started doing accounting very quickly that said, well, when they gave me six years, which, um, you know, and, in terms of what you're going through seems like a long time. And I was like, yeah. well, at least if I can be open and save a guy, if there's someone exactly. else out there and I can save one guy, then I won. I, you know, there you go. So football, man. So uh, take right. me back to how you ended up at Kansas state and why the hell would you pick K state in the early nineties to transfer to? 
That is a that is a great question. I actually, you know, I signed. I was a little bit different than most of the guys that signed with K State. Went to K State, you know, back in those days. I, you know, I would have been, you know, probably a four or five star guy back in the day. I don't know how we didn't. They didn't have to do yeah. stars, but I was on, you know, all those lists. And so I was, uh, you know, I, I came down out of high school. It was between Michigan State and uh, Texas A and M, and you know, I had offers all across the country, and uh, I decided to go to Texas A and M. Uh, because my parents, my dad had just started up NFL Europe with Tex Ram in Dallas. And so my folks were going to be in Dallas. And I really, they're very important to me. And I wanted them to watch me play football. And so I decided with Texas A&M. And actually, I won the job as a true freshman in spring football. I actually did not play baseball my first spring at A&M to win the, the job in spring. And I won it. Uh, and then I actually got beat out that next fall after we kind of did, uh, you know, we kind of did uh, rotate quarterback rotation there, and I, I eventually lost out. And so when it came time to transfer to Kansas State, it was the, the next year. So I'd been at A&M for two years, and we have a great family friend named Jack Epps. And I don't know if you know Jack, but Jack played in the early 80s, kind of when Dana Dimmel played. And he was out of NEO, and it's a, been a family friend. He found out I was leaving, and he called Coach Snyder and let him know that uh, he, he, he's Jack's the case. Alum. Jack actually played for the Chiefs for two or three years as a safety. And so he called Coach Snyder, and I had known Coach Snyder. He was one of the first guys to actually start recruiting me when he was at Iowa before he even came when I was a sophomore in high school. So I had known him and with my dad, and my dad knows the reputation that Coach Snyder has in the coaching community and had at that time. And so, uh, you know, I, I, it was, it's a very traumatic experience to transfer. And Coach Snyder called me two or three times a day. And K-State was actually in the middle of two days getting ready for their first game that year. I think it was against New Mexico State or somebody. And he called me every day, and he just made me feel wanted. And at that time, that's what I wanted. And I knew I knew his background. I knew the coaching staff that he had brought. And I believed they were going to turn around Kansas State. So, you know, luckily, I, uh, you know, I made the decision. And uh, actually, I, I got to K-State. Uh, we had already finished uh, two days at A&M, and, uh, and K-State had finished. I got there the day of the first game of the 93 season. And then I was there and got there. And then they, they had a guy by the name of Chad May. So I realized I was going to have to sit out another year. Yeah, he wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. <clears throat> but that was interesting because that was the trans transformative years for the program because Chad kind of established, uh, along with the players around him, of course, uh, yeah. a level of play. And then you came in behind him in 95 and, and led the program to its first 10-win season. How cool was that season? I mean, it it just had to be amazing. It was awesome. It was, it's, you know, I, I still, uh, you know, I, I still think about it, you know, all the time. And, you know, we still have great memories from it. You know, I had, when I was out at Garden City, I had uh, Eric Kickson as my offensive coordinator. And we'd go still talk about the games. And, you know, we still, I just got off the phone with Kevin Lockett the other day talking about a few memories. But uh, it was really a special season. I think just some of the things that happened in that season, too. You know, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of people want to talk to me about the Cincinnati game. And that was a, you know, a tremendous game, a tremendous finish. It wasn't one of my best games, obviously, but it was a great finish. Um, you know, and then you throw in, we had the, the KU game when it's the first time that both programs were ranked really high. They were number six. I believe we were 13 and we go out and smoke them 41 to seven. You know, the first time I think we, you know, completely dominated Oklahoma. They came in ranked in the top 20. Uh, we beat them 49 to seven. Uh, and then just went through all the way to, 
obviously the cotton or the uh, holiday bowl. I wish we went to the cotton bowl. We should be Colorado, <laughs> but uh, uh, the holiday bowl. And I, you know, I got knocked out and calf came in and did a great job and got the MVP. And it was just, uh, you know, it was just a, just a fantastic season. And, you know, I really felt uh, it helped propel uh, Kansas state to, to many great things afterwards, man. So many good memories in 1995. I had left the Salina Journal. I was sports editor there and started up a magazine for the Wichita Eagle called Purple Pride. And everyone said I was a total idiot for doing it. Um, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good move, buddy. Yeah, it turned out okay. Yeah. Um, and here I am sitting in Cincinnati watching K-State stink yeah. against yeah. the Bearcats. It was a horrible game, as you well know. Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. that last play, uh, and I saw it develop you know, from the press box kind of in slow motion. What are your memories of that last throw to Kevin Lockett and how it just well, kind of Well, you know, the, the thing, the thing that's funny about that game is, you know, I, you know, I, I get people, you know, talk to me about the, the, the four interceptions and everything. My first two dropbacks of that game, I got sacked and the ball flipped up in the air. And it was one of those where the D lineman fair catch a ball that's in the air. So, my first two interceptions of that day of that game were, uh, you know, uh, sacks and the ball flips in the air and a D lineman catches it. So I don't call those interceptions as a quarterback, but I guess they were that, you know, they went down in the books as, so I got to take them. Uh, and then, you know, on one of those, I had a severe third degree separation, of my left shoulder, my throwing shoulder, uh, or my, my non-throwing shoulder, you know, the next morning I woke up and my entire shoulder was black. And I had so much internal bleeding from it that it drained all the way down to my toes, which were yellow. So the color, so it just went from black all the way to my toes that were yellow the next day. And so I can still remember at halftime uh, warming up and I couldn't throw a football and Tyson Schweiger going to calf saying, get ready. And I was like, no way after that first half performance, (laughs) am I going to let that speak for what I can do? So I went out there and, uh, you know, we, we, we played pretty well in the second half. And, you know, what I can remember on the last drive is I can remember, first of all, I can remember uh, Derek King on the on the on the, the the kickoff. They did a squib kick and he caught it and gave us, you know, really good field position. And people don't realize that was very key with the time that was left. Uh, and then the, the, we, we drove down and then we got down to the last play. And it's a, it's a play we actually ran quite a bit. It, it's yeah. actually a called play uh, trips left. Dash left throwback X post flag. And uh, so what I do is I, I get the snap and I tried to, uh, you know, I wanted them to think that we were doing a Hail Mary to the left. So I gave it kind of a pump to the three receivers on the left side. And uh, while I was doing that, Kevin, just how great he was at ra- uh, route running, ran just an incredible post flag. When I turned around, I just saw a huge area of, of open field right by the pylon. And I knew if I could get it there, Kevin was going to get it. And, uh, you know, luckily, luckily it got there. It was, it was a kind of a tough throw. It was, <laughs> it was, there was a lot of air on it, but, uh, it got there and Kevin caught it and he actually scored right away, ran out and then ran back in. It was really cool. So what a great memory for yeah, sure. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a longer version of the, the play that coach Snyder called, uh, in 1989 to beat North Texas. It, okay. Yeah. With, uh, with Paul Watson to Frank. Yeah. yeah. With Carl Straw to Frank. Yep. Carl Straw to Frank. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It was, a uh, your throw was a hell of a lot longer though. That was, I remember yeah, how was, long it took for the ball to get there, but Kevin yeah. just ran a perfect route. <laughs> the coaches all gave me crap. My Mark Mangino gives me crap to this day. It's just like, uh, you could have, you could have timed that with a wind dial, but, but it got there. It got there for sure. Uh, your concussions, man. I, 
I didn't until I was doing some homework catching up. I knew you had some, but back yeah. in 1995, we didn't mark them as no. so severe. And your Holiday Bowl one really took you out. But uh, yeah. how many did you have in your career? Uh, I've, I've had quite a bit. I tried to. I tried to. I was talking with my dad the other day. You know, when I from when the day I started playing football, I think I had. I, I'm I'm in the teens. Of oh my concussions. God. And I've actually been uh, in that season. I was blacked out of. Uh, two game Missouri. Uh, there was a, there was a play on the sideline in the in the third or fourth quarter. Uh, Demonte Cross uh, got a penalty. I got blacked out there. I got knocked out. Uh, and then uh, KU, I got I got knocked out a little bit. Um, but uh, you know, I had two or two or three that season. But uh, you know, they weren't. Again, you, you got your bell rung back in the day. So that's kind of kind of how it went. But uh, yeah, I definitely I definitely took a few shots, and I, I wasn't always the smartest. I, I needed to learn to get down. But uh, it was uh, you know, it, 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 I, nothing was going to hold me off the field though that year for sure. Yeah, it's a, it's remarkable how we've. Um matured and grown in knowledge with CTE and everything. That Absolutely. And it's important that guys, you know, it's important to follow that because you can definitely have some problems as you get older with headaches yep. and stuff. Yep. Uh, how long ago did you know you wanted to get into coaching? Cause you kind of transitioned immediately into it. I tell you the truth. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, it's not something I, you know, I grew up thinking maybe NFL scouting, that type of thing. And then, uh, and then uh, in 19, uh, right after I got to playing, coach asked me to, you know, stay on the staff and, and help out. And then I think I really caught the bug uh, in, 19, in 1997 um, as I was a student. Kind of, I think it was my last year as a student assistant. Or actually, it was my first year. I think I got the GA job, and uh, I really got to work real closely with Michael Bishop his, his first year, and I kind of got, got the bug going, obviously we were really successful and uh, you know, coach saw that I had some talent doing it and it just kind of went off from there. Yeah. Not a bad student to have Michael. No, it was great. It was great. We had, we had a lot of fun. You know, I would, I would uh, go pick him up uh, before his classes. We'd go up and get on the board. And I tell you what, people don't realize how hard, you know, the work that Michael Bishop put in there because I think his 97 year is about as amazing as the 98 year because mm-hmm. he got there at the end of summer. So he didn't know the offense. And we were, we were, we were learning and teaching on the go. And uh, people don't realize how hard that is as a quarterback. And, you know, Michael, you know, he, he was really smart and helped me, you know, he picked things up, you know, you know, real easily. And then we were able to take off and go from there. It, it amazes me looking back at, at the history uh, of Coach Snyder and how he handled people. For a guy to not know what he's doing and Coach Snyder puts him in the starting lineup and Coach Snyder puts him in at quarterback, says everything you want to know about Michael Bishop, how special he was. Oh, he was exactly, exactly. And and it was, you know, it, you know, just from the leadership perspective, it, it just brought so he brought so much to it. And, uh, you know, players love playing for him. Coaches love coaching him. And, uh, you know, he was as tough as they come, as talented as they come. And, uh, you know, it was it was, uh, you know, one of the true blessings uh, of my coaching career to be a part of uh, Michael's development. Hey, it's Fitz. Let's hit the pause button right here and take a little break. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I, uh, I think we all know how uh, Michael Bishop and what Coach Schneider did with him changed college football, changed football yeah. Uh, yeah. with the Wildcat formation and all that. But do you feel like you were the guy that kind of showed Coach Schneider that the dual threat really could be effective at this level? That's, uh, you know, you know, I, you know, Chuck Culver always tells me that. And, and uh, you know, that some, you know, some of the older coaches say that, that I was finally the one that, that helped coach Snyder show people that it could be done. You know, I think right. he had guys like smart Gesso and guys in the past that had attempted it, but there was either their passing was lacking or, you know, didn't quite have the, the running ability. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think I was the first one to show that the actual dual threat, uh, you know, was uh, was a, a definitely a, a big time uh, thing to have with with your offense, and uh, I think it, it definitely helped Coach realize that you know this was something that he wanted to keep doing, and obviously, you know, Michael just took it from there and exponentially expanded on it. It's an amazing time frame to watch what Coach Snyder did, going from essentially running the spread. I mean, it wasn't called that. Yeah. But yeah. you guys were running five wides with you and uh, May and Kavanaugh quite often when nobody else was doing that to all of a sudden going to this dual threat thing. And then you're going into coaching, having to adjust to these changes too. how, how traumatic or how difficult was that? You know, it was, it was, it was a little, it was definitely, there was a learning curve to it, but with coach Snyder, he has a plan and, you know, he just didn't throw everything at us all at once. You know, he, he piecemealed it for the coaches, piecemealed it for the players. And, uh, you know, we definitely took our time and we, we learned, went through a few growing pains, obviously, but, uh, you know, he, he's such a great teacher. It wasn't really that difficult, uh, to pick up once we got going, but it definitely changed the face of college football. Yeah, I did. Oh, what are your memories of that 97 season? My, I, of course, jump immediately to the Fiesta Bowl and what happened there. Yeah, but there has to yeah. be some moments during the course of the season when, when you knew something incredible was happening. Well, you know, I, I can still remember going to this. You know, as people don't realize, the first game of that year, Kansas State actually went to Northern Illinois yep. to play. <laughs> and so we had a road game at you uh, and I. And, uh, you know, I think Michael took uh, took one of the first scrambles and just bolted up the, the right sideline for a, you know, 60 yard touchdown. And I remember 
I, I can remember looking at Mark Simino on the on the sideline, and we kind of looked like, you know, we might have something different here. And, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, expanded from there. But, uh, you know, I think it was just, just watching – uh, Michael Bishop and, you know, his growth each week and, uh, you know, all those guys growth each week, the Darnell McDonald's, you know, all those junior college guys that came in just watching how fast, uh, you know, they picked up the system, you know, and all, you know, the hard working by coach HUD and coach Pete and myself and Smitty and everybody, you know, getting these guys going. And, uh, you know, it was just, just a great group of kids to, to coach and, and a great group of guys to coach with just a fun time. Did you ever look back and, kind of pinch yourself what part of Kansas State football history you were a significant part of? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, I was, you know, I, I consider myself the luckiest cat out there. You know, I, I was able to, you know, come in, you know, I, I look at it, you know, because because I can still remember in 1992, K-State played ES, on ESPN on a Thursday night against Iowa State, and it was yeah. rainy, and it was just awful. And I can remember going to a, a, a pizza uh, place on a Thursday night with my teammates from Texas A&M. And we were like, man, can you imagine if you had to play there? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, the, and the next year I was at K-State and, but everything had already, I didn't realize the changes that were going on when I was wa- eating pizza and watching that game. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I was just so lucky to get there in the time that I got there. You know, I'm just thinking of the coaches, the, you know, the Bobby Stoops, the Ron Hudson's, uh, Dana Demmel, you know, Mike Stoops, you know, Mark Mangino, you know, just think of the, the, the guys that were assistants on the staff when I was able to get there and learn from as a player, but also learn from as a coach. Right. And then just to go through and, you know, I was able to see, you know, and, and the way Coach Snyder, the way, you know, I think what was so cool was, you know, we took baby steps. We weren't we weren't a, a team that just we just showed up. and We were great one season. People saw that, that we did it the right way and uh, just an amazing time. And, and to be a part of it is just, uh, you know, they call it the, call it the you know, the decade of domination. And, and it really was. It was a lot of fun. And. Your season kind of gets lost in K-State history. Yeah, I mean, you were does. second team all big eight. <clears throat> yeah, through twenty-two touchdowns, you completed what, like sixty-five percent of your passes, sixty-three? Yeah, I, I was, I, I was either one or two in every statistical single-season category in Big Eight history. It's not too bad, no. not too bad, not and, bad at all. Uh, you know, we finished, uh, we finished number six uh, in the nation, which is still uh, tied with uh, the final, the highest, uh, you know, final ranking of a Kansas State team uh, ever. You know, we're still, you know, and we we're first one to win ten games. We had, you know. When I when Eric Hickson went over top uh, uh, with one minute left against Colorado, I you know you couldn't have told me we weren't going to be eleven when uh, you know have eleven victories. We were that close. Uh, they went eighty yards on the number one defense in the in the nation, and uh, you know beat us there at the last game at home, uh, Colorado, or we would have finished eleven and one. And uh, the team that we lost to that one loss was some people say the best team in college football history, Nebraska mm-hmm. ninety five. So. Uh, it was it was a fantastic year. And, you know, I think I think a lot of people, you know, really, really, really started getting into the program with Michael Bishop and the 98 years, 97, 98. And so I do think the 95 uh, season kind of gets lost. But, you know, it was one hell of a football team. It really was. Yeah, those early years were just <clears throat> incredible. Everything was so new. You know, the Copper Bowl and then the Aloha Bowl, which not many fans could. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that was an important part for K-State to understand how important the fans are to the program absolutely they went to hawaii and so few people could go uh but i remember i remember that whole holiday bowl so well 
It was just such an amazing experience because back then the Holiday Bowl, I think, was the third Big A Bowl. I mean, it was a big Oh, deal. yeah. It was a big time. It's a, it was a big deal to go there to the Holiday Bowl back then. And so it was, it, was, it was awesome. And then we found out that that was actually Coach Snyder's favorite bowl. He would go there whenever possible. Absolutely. I mean, that's my hometown, San Diego. I know. I can't beat it either. It was fantastic. I know. I, I always thought Coach would retire there, and I was completely wrong. He, yeah, he chose yeah. Manhattan, Kansas, over San Diego. Huh. He did. Hey, God's country, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, take us through your coaching career a little bit. When did you get on the staff full time? And and got, got on the staff full time right after Michael got finished in '99, and then I was uh, I was with uh, Coach Snyder uh, until he retired uh, the first time, and then we all, you know, kind of went on. Some guys stayed in coaching. I. You know, I've had uh, medical problems, you know, before I, I've, I've, you know, this uh, cancer has, has, you know, attacked me now. But uh, I have uh, Crohn's disease, too. And there was a year in 2001 that I had, uh, you know, several feet of my, uh, you know, my small intestine taken out um, because of diverticulitis. And, you know, I was close. I was really I was in bad shape that season in 2001. So I got through the season. And then after that, I got, uh, you know, several, you know, I had to have a major surgery. And then that last season started having some problems. So I, I took some time off and went into private business, uh, did, you know, some, did some advertising and uh, some work like that. Uh, after Coach and I retired the first time to get my health back. And then when I felt I was doing better, uh, Jeff Kelly was at Garden City and uh, called and said they, they needed a, an offensive coordinator right before season started. So I was like, well, I'll give it one more, one last try. And I was, it was kind of cool. I went out there, uh, started coaching at uh, Garden City. And within a year, I was named head coach. We had great offense with Nick Marshall, who went to uh, Auburn and almost won a national title at Auburn. He was my quarterback, and my receiver was Tyreek Hill. So my running back, he was actually, our, he was running back back then. <laughs> so there was some pretty good talent out of garden city. So went and, uh, you know, I coached out there for a few years. So that was, that was a lot of fun. And then since then, uh, actually I've been, uh, I've been doing private quarterback lessons. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. And you're, yeah, so, you're in Pittsburgh, Kansas, correct? And I'm actually getting ready to move up to Kansas city oh, awesome. for, uh, some, some medical things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting ready, getting ready to move up to, uh, Kansas city and, uh, really excited about that. There's a lot of great K state friends and, uh, teammates up there. So looking forward to that move. That's good. You'll be a little more accessible to me. I don't mind driving to Pittsburgh. It just takes a lot of effort. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does. It does. A lot of guys, a lot of guys don't get through. K-Log does some when he's heading to Tulsa, but not too many guys get through there. Well, how special is Kevin Lockett? I mean, first as a player, but now we've seen him. Uh, he's just an amazing guy, isn't he? He really is. He's he's just he's, he's salt of the earth, and uh, you know a lot of you know. I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about some of the questions you might be asking me, and I was you know I was just thinking about the K State days, and you know I, I truly think that that Kevin's the most important recruit Kansas State's ever got. Uh, just you know, just from his leadership, mm -hmm. from everything that he did, and then he's you know the family's the gift that keeps on giving, right? Yeah. You know, you got the you get the, you get the brother next, and then you get you know his son who's was just amazing, and all the things that that he's doing in his life. I mean, what a blessing, uh, you know, Tyler is. So it's uh, you know just just he's just an amazing person, was an amazing 
talent. And, and again, I think he's the most important uh, football player in Kansas State history. That's a really, really good point. And he's my favorite player. And you played with him, but I found myself sitting in the press box going, holy shit, how did he make that catch? Every yeah. game. Oh, yeah. Every yeah, game. It, was... it wasn't like a couple times a season. Every <laughs> game you had one of those. What did he just do? Yeah, he did. He, he's one of those. He's one of those, that, you know, that they call him 50-50 balls. But with him, they were pretty much, you know, I considered him almost to be about 90-10. You know, he was he was going to get it. So it was uh, he was definitely a lot of fun to throw to. Great ball skills, great leaping ability, and great athleticism. Do you think K-State would be out of line if we petitioned Tyler Lockett to start having children? Do you think that's <laughs> none of our business? He needs to. He needs to. <laughs> come on. Come on. We're going to have a gap here. Your dad's no, running out. Of, the Kevin's twins are getting old. Kevin's though. It's just amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Kevin's got – Kevin's got uh, – he's got uh, one coming up, and he's got the twins right behind yep. him. So. Yep. It should be exciting. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, and after you ran into some issues in life, and we all do, yeah. uh, and yep. uh, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but you had some substance abuse, uh, alcohol, and I, I now wonder if it's not part of your CTE. Yeah, it was, you know, I've, uh, you know, definitely it's, it's something that I've been proud to, uh, to, to overcome. I, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten alcohol out of my life and it definitely it caused, caused a couple, couple problems. Like, uh, you know, some young people get, 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 uh, unfortunately it does happen. And, uh, you know, I, I got through those, those, uh, problems and, uh, you know, I was, I think one time I talked to you, I said, man, I'm going on two years without drinking and I get cancer. So it's, uh, you know, something that, uh, I definitely, uh, definitely got through. Um, but, uh, something that made me stronger as a human. Well, it's interesting because, um, I, you would not have been able to handle the cancer if you were still drinking. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. And I, I don't know if you're spiritual. I'm, I'm more spiritual than religious. And yeah. um, I, I kind of feel like the Lord clears the path because you, He knows you've got a giant hurdle coming. And absolutely, that, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I, I agree with that there for sure. Yeah, and it, I, I just feel like when when mine came, it was, it was a time when I could deal with it. I'd been through yeah. other things, and uh, I I just feel like it was okay. Now you're going to have to deal with this and do something with it, and I I, I really do appreciate you kind of talking about these things because it's it's important. It's important. Yeah, absolutely, it is. You are you are so right. I think there's definitely a time in my life that uh, when I was going through you know a few problems in my life that definitely I, I don't think that. Uh, you know, the good Lord probably knew that at that point I was not ready to handle this cancer fight. And you're definitely, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely, he's prepared me for, you know, some of those things I went through have definitely, you know, helped me get through this fight and get through bad days. Definitely. Crohn's is fun though, isn't it? That's fun. Oh yeah, it's a joy. It's oh a joy. God, that stuff's <laughs> miserable. I'm so glad I've had bowel problems, but man, I, yeah. not that. Not no that. no yeah it was it, it wasn't uh, that it, Crohn's is, is is not fun and it's uh, you know again it's just something that that uh, you know the good Lord has put on my plate that I've got to got to get through but uh, you know with His strength and with again with the strength of people like you and my family and friends uh, I'm, I'm able to fight it. Yeah, I had a rare form of Graves' disease, um, mm. and uh, they couldn't figure out how to treat it because it was non thyroid, which is Graves is typically. You know, set off by hyperthyroid. <clears throat> yeah. And it took him forever to diagnose it. I had to go to KU Med, KUI to get it diagnosed. And mm -hmm. um, I, if I hadn't got it treated properly, I would have gone blind. And, oh, man. And in hindsight, I'm thinking, 
I feel like I had to go through that to be willing and able for this fight. I think that's a great. I think uh, that's a great way to look at it. Really, I really do. And I, and again, I feel the same way with some of the things I've done. I've had to go through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, now I'm going to really put you on the spot. Does, okay. does Matt Miller uh, regret not being a full time baseball player? Because, dude, you're really good. I, you know, I, I, at times in my life, I do, especially you know, with I think some of the issues with probably CTE and, <laughs> in my in my back, and I just tried to get up from a chair, and it's really difficult because my pain in my back and stuff. But uh, yeah, I would, you know, I definitely do have thoughts. What could have happened if? I just went to college and played baseball. You know, I mean, uh, I hadn't really, I mean, what's funny is my best year at K-State, my sophomore year, I finished third in the Big 8 in hitting. I batted over 380 and, you know, Big 8 play and led the team in hitting that season. Had, you know, four home runs, three in one series at Iowa State. And, you know, I just, uh, you know, I had a lot, a lot of success on the baseball field at K-State. You know, I definitely do. I do think about, you know, if, if potentially that would have been, you know, if I, if I would just gone baseball, what would have happened? But again, you know, I, I still like my story. I think it's unique and, yep. you know, not a lot of guys can say they were all conference in two sports. It's really cool. Re- yeah, really cool. Really, now, did you play for Mike Clark? Yeah. Mike Clark was amazing. Mike Clark is, you know, I think he, you know, what he, what he had to go through as, as a head coach, you know, they didn't give us, we had back in the day, we had no money at the, at the baseball program and, and, and coach Clark put together teams that, you know, we were, we were definitely competitive and I don't know how he did it because, you know, our, you know, during games, you know, if we had to use the restroom, we waited in line in the porta potty, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we had to, we had to get behind a kid with a laughy taffy and a parent say, Hey, excuse me, I'm on deck. Can I, can I cut in front of you here at the porta potty and you know my my locker was the hatchback of my ford escort so it was uh you know it was it was a different day in k-state baseball so i see the i see the 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 complex today and i see the locker room and i'm just amazed at, at what they're doing and i think it's great but people don't realize they didn't give mike clark anything to work with when he was there and he really put some competitive teams out there which i thought was amazing those stories are are some of the most amazing because it sounds like you're telling a story from 1950. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, Mike Clark tells the story of actually having runners on base and having to leave the third base box to go stand in line because he needed to go so badly, and he's he's sending in signals from the third from the porta yeah. potty line. Yeah, from the porta potty. Yeah, from the line of the porta potty. Got a got, got a coach or a player there. Just amazing. <laughs> yeah, getting getting the signals from him and putting them to us on the field. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It really was. I mean, we talk about they gave no money to the program. No. There was zero money. None. I mean, and yeah. as a fan, you didn't want to show up too early because you might. The, the parking lot was the locker room, and you might see a, a naked player <laughs> exactly. out there. Exactly. you got to be careful what you see there. <laughs> it's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I kind of look at uh, your career and one, just wonder, you know, what, what would yeah. you been as a baseball player? Cause, yeah, I definitely, you know, and I had, you know, when I had definitely, I had, you know, offers from the, the big-time programs out in California, the Long Beach States, the Cal State Fullertons. You know, they I had big-time offers just to go play baseball, but – uh, you know, it was, I, I let everybody know I was, I was definitely going to play football too. So, 
Now, you coach tight ends, right, for the most yes. part? Yes, yes, um, yes. I coached, uh, I coached my first guy I coached was Shad Meyer. He turned out okay. And, uh, yeah, with third-round draft pick, and uh, he was he was fantastic to uh, to coach. And, uh, you know, I was lucky. I had a great group of them through there, Thomas Hill, Brian Casey, you know, guys like that. They were definitely all uh, – Brian, the Brian Lamone, Nick Warren, a lot, of, a lot of great kids, a lot of fun kids to coach. That was back when Coach valued tight ends more than he did in 2.0. I feel like, I feel like that's one of the things he lost in his retirement was how to access the tight end. I don't think he. Yeah, and even when I was coaching him, we didn't go to him near enough. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think Shad Meyer is one of the the least uh, you know uh, taken advantage of uh, you know prospects. You know, we we did not get the ball to Shad Meyer near enough as we could have. He could have been. Uh, you know, kind of a Gronk type, you know, he was, I mean, he was so big, so fast, so athletic, uh, you know, he would have been, he, he could have given a lot, he could have done a lot more, uh, you know, on the field. Uh, but it was just kind of, we kind of got a way to throw him from the tight ends. But when you got, you know, when you got those, those great guys, the Darnell McDonald's, the, you know, Aaron Lockett, you got those guys outside. Sometimes there are not enough footballs to go around, and that's kind of the kind of an issue I think we may have got into with our tight ends. It, absolutely incredible the number of weapons that K State oh. had back in that day. And as good as the offense was, it was really Stoops and Levitt and the guys that followed that built an incredible defense that made K State so competitive in every game. Oh, absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, our, our defense, that's what's so, so amazing, you know, just being able to play with, uh, you know, a defense, you know, that was always going to give you a chance to win every day and every game. And with, uh, as an offense and as a quarterback, as a coach, that's all you can ask for. And, uh, you know, they were, they were truly amazing. I think people don't realize, you know, my, the 95 team, our defense finished number one in the nation in uh, total defense and on scoring defense, and our off and our offense was number four in scoring offense. So we had the number one defense and number four offense in the nation. So that's pretty good. Not bad, not bad at all. Yeah. Too bad you didn't see the end of the season. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How about a shape were you at in the Holiday Bowl? How bad a shape was I in? Yeah, after you got rocked. Right I, you know, I, I, I came to, I was able to, you know, I came to, I, my first memories were uh, <laughs> when I was in the emergency room, in my room uh, in the hospital in San Diego. I spent the night in the hospital for observation. But I, the game was over, and uh, I got a call from Coach Snyder. Uh, Cav got on the phone, and then Coach Hudson got on the phone. And that's kind of when my memory starts to come back. Yeah, that's just that whole bowl game. I just it it's one of my best K State memories. Not because you got hurt, but everything that happened yeah. in that game and oh, it's a fun and, one. And I Cavs mean, in the damn game. Holiday Bowl Hall of Fame. He is, he is good for Cav. It's you know, crazy, fantastic. And you know, Cav and I always laugh at that one because we were in the uh, Cav was my roommate, and the night before the game. Uh, I promised him because he was worried because I don't know if you remember the uh, that was back in the Cody Lee Smith. Is he going to be healthy to come play for K-State or not? And, you know, and and Cav was really worried about, uh, you know, Cody Lee being there for spring ball. And he wanted to uh, get out and have a little bit more film. (laughs) <laughs> to uh, you know, to to give him the upper edge on Cody Lee, and I, I think I definitely got him out there, got him some good <laughs> film, right? <laughs> that was so nice so, of you. So yeah, exactly, exactly. It was all for calf. Well, buddy, I, I love you, man. I, I hope you're. Uh... Just keep on. I know you will. Keep on fighting. Yeah. Keep on fighting. You got it, buddy. And Fitz, you got, again, I want to thank you so much for the leadership you're showing in this 
uh, prostate fight, and I appreciate you always being there for me. Okay. Well, uh, I'll be coming to Kansas City sometime uh, this summer, and we are going to go have a fresca or something. You got it, my friend. Sounds good. Okay, brother. Love you. Talk. Okay, take care you of yourself. Take care. Love you. Okay. Take care. Email. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Matt has been very private about his cancer battle. So when I texted him, and we've been in touch quite a bit, uh, I was really happy that he said, yeah, it's time. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. And he was very open about it. Uh, There were some topics that we didn't really get into. uh, But I'm telling you, folks, Matt's deep in the battle. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. He's, He's deep in this battle. And he's winning right now, but, boy, he's got it bad. It's not a good situation, and I love him like a brother. It's uh, been an interesting way to bond with someone. Guys, for God's sakes, get your PSA scored. Matt was 47 when he first saw symptoms. If you're 45 or older, get your PSA scored. If you listen to this podcast, that should be all I need to say. Get to your damn doctor and score your PSA. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll talk to you real soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.